0: This is The Rich Eisen Show.
1: Hey! Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles.
2: Hey! Marshall Falk here on The Rich Eisen Show. You got any uh, two cents on Urban Meyer, all that stuff? <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. I told you so. Hey! Earlier on
2: the show. NFL on Fox analyst Greg Wilson. Saints quarterback, Taysom Hill. From NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran. Still to come. Dolphins head coach, Brian Flores.
1: And now, it's Rich Eisen.
2: Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Um, Airing of grievances here on this festivus, December 23rd. Your sports grievance, what upsets you? Anything in the world that might upset you? Let's get it off your chest. Because we did that earlier in this hour, um, or in this program, uh, pardon me, in our third hour here on this busy Thursday. Uh, Taysom Hill, the uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, uh, we recorded him yesterday, and uh, in about 20 minutes' time, we'll play it back, certainly in light of the fact that he's out for Monday now because he's COVID positive, as is uh, Trevor Simeon. Looks like Ian Book, the Golden Domer, is going to put the fleur-de-lis on top of his current goal uh, Goldish dome inside the Superdome and try and come up with a big W in his first career start. Hey, congratulations, Ian! First career start. It's Monday Night Football. Team needs you. Didn't think you'd be anywhere close to doing it, but I guess any any co- quarterback in a quarterback room's got to think I have a chance. I might have to play this week because who the hell knows anymore in this crazy mixed up world.
1: Yeah, great point. I saw on Twitter earlier um, in regards to Dalvin Cook. What if Kirk Cousins is a close contact? Which is conceivable.
2: I know. That's the problem if you're unvaccinated. That's what the rules still are. If you're unvaccinated and you're a close contact, you're out 10 days. It doesn't matter what you test. Out. See ya. Which is why I take we were saying hashtag take the jab. So, and I just hope everybody's healthy. Everybody's getting COVID. Everybody's either on a close contact. I hope you're as asymptomatic as possible because getting this thing is no joke. It is no fun. Eight four four two zero four. rich is the number to dial. Let's uh, go to Jeff in Detroit. It's been hanging on forever. How you been, Jeffrey? What's going on?
0: What's up, Uncle Rich and my cousin? What up, cousin? Yeah, you.
2: There?
0: I am... Uh, I changed it up a little bit. First of all, I want to thank you guys for... This year, you guys have done wonderful. Merry Christmas to you you. and your families. Now, this Festivus thing, my Mm. question is this, can I air my grievance about anything? Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: anything. Anything.
0: (sighs) (laughs) Let me get it together. I drive for Lyft, I drive for Uber, and I'm sure every other red-blooded American has this problem. When I call as a driver to Uber, customer service, you push one for English, Two for other languages. What happens is they transfer you to a phone bank, something like Slumdog Millionaire, overseas. And you start talking to somebody with an American type name, an American type accent, but halfway through. They don't understand what you're saying or you give them a word and you know what the first thing got out of their mouth is? Oh, I understand. Oh, I understand. And you never get to the bottom of your problem. Why? Because they can't understand. <laughs> There's a language barrier. Uber, Lyft. Please, it's enough people over here in America. Get an English-speaking person on the phone. If I push one for English, please speak English. It sounds like you that's... You need
2: to hear my frustration. Jeff, I, 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 just, it's, oh. it, also, it, it also sounds like that, that's, that, that works for the Lions, too, sometimes. Oh, my goodness. And you know what? Listen here.
0: Dan Campbell, and, and, and that's number two. Dan Campbell. Which coach are you? Are you the coach that, with three minutes left on the clock, you're three and fourteen on your own twenty-five, and you're down by three, and you run the ball? Or are you that coach that stepped out on the field, had every man behind you going in the battle like the three hundred? Now he needs to keep that consistently because yeah. if he keeps that going, oh baby, what type of Uncle Rich, it, 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 and we're so ready to get behind them. We really are. I mean, we I blame you. probably have most love for a 2-11 coach more than anybody. <laughs> Why not? Exactly. Because they
2: keep playing their hearts out. There's only been a couple of blowouts where it was not even close. And, and now they're playing a bunch of uh, players that uh, didn't get chances anywhere else and are making the most of it here, and they just beat the, the, the Arizona Cardinals. And we'll see what happens this week, man, with Atlanta. Let's see if they can follow it up. And uh, happy uh, holidays to you and, and yours as well, Jeff. In Detroit, right here on the Rich Island right, Show. Jeff. Applause you, for one of you you well. By the way, when he said number two, is talking about Dan Campbell. Was he talking about other languages?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: is that what he's talking about? Bite kneecaps? By kneecaps, yeah. Uh, let's go to um, Jeff in Lexington, Kentucky. What's up, Jeff?
0: What do you say, Rich and Guys?
4: First well, of all, Jeff. before I hey. air my agreement, just. Is- let me wish you all happy holidays. Same to you. Same to, you, Same Same
2: to you, you, pal. What's on your mind, Jeff? You guys make every day better, I'm telling you.
4: Uh, here's my thing, Rich, and this probably doesn't affect a whole lot of people other than me, but I absolutely despise and hate the graphic that Fox uses on its broadcast of the players, the characterization. Oh, the, the, cr- the cartoon?
2: You don't like the cartoon? I absolutely hate that. What, what's the problem with the cartoon? Why not? Kids, I, kids dig it. I realize, I realize they're just
4: trying to be different because everybody else does the same thing. But maybe it's just me. I don't like it. I've oh. never liked it. I guess they introduced it last year.
2: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think they did that. And All right, thanks for the call, Wolf. We should have the Del Tufo pass that on to the graphics department <laughs> <laughs> right there. I, I th- think I, 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 they did do it last year, but they I, think, did. They I did. think you know the minute that Nickelodeon starts putting slime on the screen, you get, it's
1: it's definitely for kids. But that's a second broadcast window. You know, I see part of the point is is that some of them, the cartoons, don't look like the guys, and I think that's that's a bit of an issue, no?
2: Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is it's, it's yeah. the it's the artist rendering, right? Yeah, it's it, it's not. It's okay. It's it's somewhere between. Um, you know, an actual photograph. Right. And, like the, a and the Tom Brady of. court
1: <laughs> sketch. A little bit. And they all have like super Jack's, you know, cartoon. Well, that's what it is. Marvel it's muscles. Superhero.
2: That's what it is. Yeah. It's for kids. It's not for adults. I look at it yeah. and I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I
1: feel Jeff's, you know, thoughts there. That's all. Well, any,
2: Anytime you see something that you think is not for you and for a different audience, it gets you upset.
1: Me personally, no, just
2: people in general. Uh, yeah, I think we tend to, for, I think we tend to forget that a lot of this
1: stuff
3: is for the kids, man, and
2: it is. And yeah,
3: and Chris the adults and, are the one complaining.
2: Chris yeah. in Seattle, you're here on the Rich Eisen show. What's up, Chris? Hey, Rich, how you guys doing? We're good. What, What's Chris? on your mind? All
5: right. I uh, yesterday, I appreciate you all bringing attention to the end of the era in Seattle. I've loved the the Hawks my whole life, but what caused me to get the the pull out of the crawl space? and air my grievances uh, this year is is Albert Breer claiming that Seattle's front office has only recently been struggling in the draft. Um, He's been dodging me on Twitter. I'd like him to explain it, but I needed to air that here because if you look back, they haven't had a good draft since 2012. They've been struggling since 2013 and on. You know, this year's draft, who knows yet, right? You can't judge it yet, but they've been struggling for about nine years to draft, and that includes all the trades, right? The Harvin. The Graham trade and now the Adams trade, which with that contract and those picks, I'm happy for your Jets, right? That you're getting your picks, but <laughs> yeah. oh, they have struggled for a long time, and it's finally coming to—it's showing on the field. But this roster's been depleting for a while, so. Well, I've had a lot of gri- that to be known
2: Well, I've had a lot of grievances with Albert Breer over the years myself, so I understand uh, what you're saying. <laughs> but I, I look, man, I, I I I don't when I say stuff so absolute, even though a show like this is made for people in a position like I am in front of this microphone is to say things that are absolute and, you know, come at me when I'm proven wrong. You know, uh, I I don't like saying things absolute because I, I've been around, and thanks for the call, I've been around long enough with this NFL that you can't say things that are absolute. There's just, you can't. You can't. One of the many absolute things that you could have said this year, for instance, is the Miami Dolphins are finished at 1-7. and seven. Here we are now a month and a half later, and they are anything but going on the road on Monday night football, but Tua is the more veteran quarterback now with a six game winning streak. And he's gonna be going against Ian Book, it seems, who learns on Thursday. Okay, you're starting, kid. All right. That absolute, right? Another absolute. Mac Jones is just going to, the Patriots are going to struggle this year with Mac Jones. I could go on on and on and on. But now's the time of year when you could look at what you're seeing and get a sense. Certainly since there's been a setup from the winter to the spring to the summer. And when I saw the Seahawks and how they're playing and I just see Russell Wilson, you know, There just doesn't seem to be that same bounce for him. Now, there's not a lot of reason to have bounce. But whatever's going on there ain't working. DK Metcalf goes from world beater to side of the proverbial football milk carton. Like, how does that happen? How does it happen? I know that they were down a bunch of players and Brady was down a bunch of players this week too and got shut out. But that game was there for the for the taking. They did get hosed on a non-pass interference call. But I just see it, and it looks like it's done there. Definitely looks like it's done in Chicago. Uh-huh. And it just feels like the run for Russ, is it possible that Russ and Pete get together and they get together with John Schneider and they decide we're going to keep going? You got two years left in your contract. We're not going to trade you, so you could – Talk about whatever you want with your agent. You could leak whatever you want to The Athletic. You could do whatever you want, but we're not going to – you're here. So what do, you, what do we need to do? And next year, we're talking about this may be the last year for Russell Wilson. Sure. I just don't – that's part of the reason why I don't like saying anything absolute because they do have two years of contractual control. And he is there. And he is theirs. And they are his. Unless he just makes it in such a way that I want out. And I got two years of contractual control that you could put on the table and say, give us the first round selections we don't have to get Russell out and then figure out who else can come in. That's a brave new world up there. But you just get the sense watching them that this thing is just not the same. Like, this is, those are the types of games where they would go in back in the day or last year, even a couple years ago, before all that, go in and just stomp on the Rams, jam it down their throat, put 30 on them. Russ would be so difficult to put down on the ground. He just drives you crazy, where Donald is chasing them around, zigzagging everywhere, and they just, you're watching that thinking they don't have a shot. That second half opening, second half drive on Tuesday night, that's the stuff. We hadn't seen that in a long time. Certainly not consistently enough. But they came out and they just jammed it right down the field, and I thought, uh-oh, Rams are in trouble tonight, and then poof. So that's uh, the grievance there from Seattle. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, stay on hold. We'll take your phone calls when we come back as well. Uh, when we return, uh, Taysom Hill, as we spoke to him yesterday before his COVID-19 diagnosis. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back here on the Rich Eisen Show in a matter of moments. Eight four four two zero four. 204 rich is the number to dial here on this Air Your Grievance Festivus Thursday. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me –
1: This is the Rich Eisen
2: show. 844-204 Rich number to dollars. Uh may you may or may not know. Uh if you don't know how not, I've been I've been doing this now uh for all 15 weeks of the NFL season. Week sixteen uh will be the latest, uh, where I will be hosting the pregame and halftime of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. And um the great folks at Westwood One um, and I send my best to Howie Denneroff and Larry Costigan and Brian Fickelstein and everybody else who's been just so great as producing the Monday Night Football. We've been getting, if you've noticed, a lot of guests here on this show in advance of Monday Night Football, um, because um, you know this is this is how everyone rolls in one big happy Westwood One family. At any rate, Taysom Hill agrees to do an interview, and this was yesterday after the show. Stuck around, chatted with him, and now he's got COVID, and he. it just your your heart breaks obviously we're talking about health and players health and human health and public health and what have you um and i hope he's asymptomatic and i hope he is well um because this is an opportunity that when you hear the conversation with him uh he was robbed of it he's robbed of this start on monday night would have meant so big so much for him if certainly the way things are going here is my conversation with Taysom Hill, the Saints quarterback, as of yesterday. Joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show right now, fresh off of a second consecutive win for the 7-7 seven and seven New Orleans Saints prior to Monday night football against the Miami Dolphins. Joining us here is New Orleans Saints quarterback on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, Taysom Hill. How you doing, Taysom? No, I'm great. Uh, thanks for having me, Rich. Absolutely. I knew you. You know, you reached out. You're like, look, I want to come on your show and I want to talk about how I dominated Tom Brady. So the floor is yours, Taysom. Go for it. Go, go for
6: it. Yeah. Uh, that sounds like me.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's oh, out of character, I was, guess.
6: Right? Yeah, that 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 was a that was a bucket list type of type of game. You know, you think about as a kid growing up playing Sunday night football against. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, look, shoot, I, I've been watching Tom since I was a little kid. So, um, man, that was that was a, a, a big game, a fun game. Um, and obviously uh, such a such a great
2: team effort that we were able to come away with a win. So I, 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 did you get a chance to tell Tom that Taysom uh-huh. or just that just wasn't the right moment?
6: Right now, obviously, you know, Tom, Tom coming to the division uh, last year, I'd seen him multiple times and uh, he, he knows I'm a fan and grew up watching him as, you know, I'm sure everyone else in the league can can say the same thing. But, um, you know, I, I've been able to express that to him. And, um, you know, so this this wasn't the first time that that I had seen him obviously the first time I've gone head to head against him in this role. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a lot of fun.
2: And obviously, uh, must uh, win or necessary win. I mean, that was huge. What was it like in the locker room after that 9 nothing win? Taysom.
6: Um. Yeah. I mean, look, we overcame a lot that week, losing, losing Sean and a lot of people had to step up and, um, you know, it, it was a total team effort and that's kind of what we had talked about that whole week. That's what we talked about in the locker room, um, on Sunday night. And I think everyone, everyone felt that, um, and the celebration, um, was, was conducive to that. Um, so as, as you would expect, I think, you know, we all we all celebrated. We all had fun, but we're also aware of our situation. That, you know, at this point, every game is is a playoff game for us, and we've got to continue to put our best foot forward and and make sure that that we, you know, handle our business so we can, you know, just create an opportunity to make the postseason.
2: And and, and that's where I kind of want to linger a little bit in our conversation here, at Taysom Hill. Is that, you know, obviously, starting last year, it was in place of an injured Drew Brees and now starting here you are the man and with a lot of hopes on your shoulders and also you know your finger which we'll get to in a second um how do you handle that obviously this is what you live for this is why you play the game but now you're in it so what do you think about that Taysom hill
6: well, no, it's, it's it's a good question. I I think it's important that, um, especially for me, like my role here in New Orleans has been so unique through the years, and um, and I think maybe historically I, I've kind of looked into it. You know, where you kind of almost psych yourself out a little bit. I can tell you, last year stepping in as a backup knowing that drew was was you know getting ready to to come back and make this playoff run you kind of just have this mindset as a backup that like man i just i don't want to mess this up um and as you alluded to it's a totally different mindset right now than it was last year for me and so um you know as as we go through game plans all that stuff like i've become much more involved in expressing my opinion and what i like and dislike and you know all that stuff um because at the end of the day you know you you have to create opportunities for the the team to win and um i think you need to understand the game plan and you know what it's going to take to win each game because each week it's it's different um And, uh, you know, so it's a different beast. But as I alluded to earlier, it's for me, it's been all about taking advantage of what whatever the opportunity is for me. And this just happens to be the one right now.
2: And I feel for you because your head coach, unfortunately, is a wallflower who doesn't know anything about confidence. Oh, wait a minute. He's the exact opposite. My bad. (laughs) Uh, What is your conversation with Sean Payton like now in this?
6: Um, Yeah, you're, you're talking with him out with COVID and stuff.
2: No, just in general, I um, uh, forget about the COVID because clearly, okay. you know, he's yeah. going to come back from it and you'll get him back and but th- the fact that you were handed the reins by him pre-COVID. The, yeah, the whole conversation know. about like you're the guy, like what does he say? What are those conversations between the two of you like there on that
6: front? You know, honestly, they they uh they were brief this time. You know, Sean and I've had uh many conversations throughout the years and you know, honestly, the one that I that I had with him a few weeks ago telling me that uh, I was going to go was probably one of the uh, conversations that was most brief. Um, really? And he just told me that, hey, you're the guy like, you know, you're, you're going this week and, um, you know, let, let's go and it's time. Um, and And that was really it. Um, and then we just, we started working.
2: That's it. There was, I guess that's for the movies the other way, right? (laughs) Just we sit down, but I mean, I guess as they say in the NFL, it is what it is. And what you've been doing the last couple of weeks has been terrific, especially since when I saw your finger and it looked a lot similar to Russell Wilson's that required surgery, I thought, uh Oh, there goes that opportunity. Uh, Taysom Hill, walk me through what, what happened with your finger and why you're able to continue to play. With it yeah. Right now.
6: So it, it it is the same injury from, from my understanding as Russ, it's just in the joint above where his was. So, okay. um, mine is right at the tip of, tip of your finger on, on my middle finger where if it would have been a joint lower as Russ's was, then, you know, I would have been in big trouble. Um, so, I I basically uh, ruptured the flexor tendon in the very tip of my middle finger. And mm. so I can't extend um, my finger straight. Mm. And so we, we splinted it. Um, we chose not to do uh, surgery. And uh, we're just going to keep it splinted for eight weeks. And that should wow. allow enough time for the tendon to heal. In the meantime, um, as I mentioned, it's, it's splinted. So it, it obviously creates a little um, limitations of me, you know, gripping the ball, throwing the ball, um, you know, that that type of deal. But, you know, our trainers have been great here. They've created so many options for me and different things for me to try that creates, you know, the the best scenario for me to do what I, I need to do. And, you know, we, we've been able to
2: make it work. That's amazing. I'm like, that's, that's amazing, Taysom. There's no other way to describe it other than, um, uh, amazing that you're able to yeah. have that so what do you wear are you splinted as you're throwing a football or you're wearing I, I thought I saw some sort of covering in a way did I see that over the last yeah. week what do you have there
6: yeah. Um, well, thank you. I, I'm sure you could talk to just about everybody in the NFL. We're all dealing with something at this point in the season, right. um, playing through injury. Um, you know, it, it it is it is a little um, disappointing, you know, to have to deal with an injury on your throwing hand as a quarterback. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, as, as I mentioned, it's it's splinted. So we have this material that you can get really warm and that kind of molds to your your hand or your whatever it is. This in this situation, it's the top of my finger um and then we cut it down and then we basically just tape that to the top of my finger so my finger stays straight mm-hmm. and then we have this other tape that has some um, uh grippy material on the front of it almost like the same material that you see on all the receiver gloves and tight end gloves and that um and then we put that over the tape to try to just give me a little bit of uh, tack on that finger because you're not getting any tack with, with tape, um, and and like I like I said, our trainers have, have been so great to work yeah. with, and they've created so many options uh, for me, and, and this is the one that I felt like
2: is the best. Mac- MacGyver or MacGruber? What's their name? Their trainer? I mean, um, my gosh, that's incredible that you're <laughs> that you're, you you have this uh, option for you. And um when you're running Taysom Hill, uh, now that you know you're again the starter here, do you do you think about sliding more? Because I'm I'm seeing you invite contact like it's like you're still on special teams a little bit, Taysom. <laughs> no? Uh yeah. No, I I certainly I,
6: I this is something that I battled with my, my entire career, you know, where <laughs> as a starting quarterback you, you have to be available for your team or you don't you don't do them any good. Um and, but I, I do think that, you know, there's so much to be said about situation or football. So it's third and short. It's you're, you're on the goal line or, you know, whatever the scenario situation is, I, you know, I'm aware of all those scenarios and um, there are scenarios where I'm going to stick my head down and be a running back and, and do that. And then there are other scenarios where you get on the edge and you're open field. And, you know, so I, I am trying to limit contact, but um there's there's some scenarios and situations where there's just
2: no way around it. Yeah, I I, I would say so, and I I, I saw all of that uh, on on Sunday night. So um, how much conversation you guys having about the playoffs here? Because that's two straight dubs. You you just blanked Tom Brady. Uh, your defense just blanked Tom Brady for the first time since the middle aughts, right? And um, the Bucks were ready to to raise a, a division banner. Uh, on Sunday night, and you prevented it. There, there has to be a nice brimming of confidence going on.
6: Yeah, right I, I mean, look, I, I think we've had the same confidence through through the season. It's just we we've been dealing with with injuries, and you know, obviously, every team has has excuses um, throughout the league, but. I think to your point, like, yes, we, we have a lot of confidence in what we have going right now. Um, in terms of conversations about the playoffs, I would say that we're very aware of the scenarios right now and the situation and, and where we're at. And so that's kind of what I was alluding to, where every game for us is a playoff game. And uh, we, we know that we have to have our best. Um, and And that really has been the expectation around here. So I would say we're not psyching ourselves out and, you know, like you know, saying end of the world type of deal, but we're certainly aware of it. And um, you know, our practices have been really good. And um, you know, we're we're all in here grinding.
2: How much you, do you stay in contact with Breeze? Does he reach out to you? Uh, give you a couple cents? Yeah, you got...
6: I I talk to him weekly. Yeah, uh, can yeah, you? We, we talk. We talk very regularly. Um, game plan, game. You know how things went. And um, yeah, oh yeah.
2: So what? What do you give me? A, give me a fly on the wall moment here. What, what do you guys talk about? Like I know you just gave me some brush strokes, but what do you got? You got anything? Like,
6: that's that's a, that's a that's a loaded question. Okay, um, I, I can tell you. Uh, you know, obviously, my experience now has been been more unique than anything I've experienced, and so we're obviously able to relate to each other on a different level now. And um, I would say there's been moments throughout the season too where he. He has sent me a breakdown of every pass play that I've had in a game and um given me feedback um that way and um I, I mean again the the list goes on and on and, and we can talk about the football stuff but um you know really Drew is just he really has become one of my best friends and um there's there's so much more that goes into it.
2: So he he sends you like a like a, a video, a, a link or something, and you open it up, and it's all your past plays and him, him what like voicing over. This is what I saw. This is what you should do. Uh, that, what,
6: no, it's just a text. So okay. I mean, Drew Drew hasn't been gone that long. He knows he knows the concepts. He knows sure. what we're doing, and right. so it's just a quick, uh, almost like a grade report. You know, like did you think about this? Good throw here. Good play here. And there there's obviously new stuff as well, and so. It, it's also funny for me because he'll reach out and he's like a like a little kid at a candy store when we do new stuff, and he's so excited about it. Like, oh, what were you guys doing there? Yeah. Um, he, he's still very much into it.
2: That's cool. Last one for you, Taysom. You just mentioned you know a bucket list thing to be playing against Tom Brady in a Sunday night football game, a uh, Monday night football start. Where does that rank for you as a quarterback and somebody watching Monday night football games? Uh, yeah
6: i'm again again i they all like go together as you're a kid and you're i had all those moments when i was out in the front yard and i'm throwing balls with my brother and you know i'm putting scenarios in my head like it's you know you're playing on sunday night football you're playing on monday night football and those are the scenarios that you dream of as a kid so these are all up there you know to have the opportunity to to play at this level on on a nationally broadcast game it's They're all up there. These are all childhood dreams.
2: Well, man, I really appreciate you uh, calling in. I really do uh, enjoy our chats when we get to have them. Uh, I'm thrilled for your opportunity. I can't wait to see what you do on Monday Night Football and, again, what you're doing, what you're doing with your finger being the way it is. The only thing I can say other than amazing, I'm just glad you're not a New Yorker because then you couldn't tell people the way you really feel about them. (laughs) You know, so uh, there's that. That's that's the one silver lining then, I guess, in that regard. There you go. Well, I, I feel the same way. Thanks for having me, Rich. Thanks, Taysom Hill. You're a good man. Taysom Hill, everybody, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. And now he's got COVID. That was yesterday. So his opportunity that I was looking forward to that he's talking about playing in the front yard as a kid, he's he's not going to have it on Monday night. And Hopefully he'll have many more to come. Uh, it's just a bummer. This whole thing sucks. There's just no other way to put it. What a great chat. I thought that he was so honest about what's going on with his finger. So many yeah. people. but it, and, and also his relationship with Breeze. And how, yeah, like he's the man now. Like this is his opportunity. Right. And hopefully he can come back, just miss the one. He misses just the one.
1: I mean, like we've been saying all week, like, this is a potential playoff team.
2: I know. And if the defense helped carry the day and Ian Book can put, like, a few touchdowns, I mean, a few field goals on the board, maybe the, the Saints do it again, and then they've got a home game against Carolina and they're at the Falcons. Those are two winnable games.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's why I had them as a, we're talking playoffs or what? I said, we're talking playoffs, not what, you know? So let's take a break. We'll come back, and there is some news uh, on the COVID front about tonight's game and how that might play out in tonight's Week 16 kickoff. All the phone lines are lit. We'll let you air your grievances before we go out on this Festivus Thursday
1: this is the rich
2: eisen show hey everybody uh new rich eisen show fantasy football team name for next year top of the list uh Heineke's viral load it's on the i have it written down it's on the list and i'll tell you down. what it's now it's now uh, we we can now look look back and say uh it's all good cuz taylor heineke came off the covid list and he's going to go oh, yeah, for the will. washington football team on sunday night Dak and the Cowboys in the NFC Let's East go. showdown for it's all it's all coming down on NBC and Peacock. Let's go! Hit him with the Heineken. Let's go! Then. However, tonight if the Tennessee Titans win, the Cowboys will already clinch the playoff spot. Hey, that's what's at stake tonight. Let's. And go. what do you got for me over there, Christopher? On on the COVID front this evening, there's the the the, uh, the Tennessee Titans are now down to their
1: third tackle. For tonight's yeah, football so, game? So, Kendall Lamb, so Taylor the and Roger Saffold are already out tonight. Right. Kendall Lamb's backup left tackle, he posted on Instagram about 45 minutes ago that he's out tonight with COVID. Oh, here comes Nick Bosa. So, the Titans are down to their third string oh, left tackle. Oh, boy. With Nick Bosa having a monster. And let's just. Coming do you tackle. have
2: the AFC South standings, um, Mr. Higgins, please? Because it's getting tight fast. Now, Tennessee, after tonight's Thursday night football game with a mini-buy where hopefully they can get healthier, they've got the Dolphins and then they're at the Texans to wrap things up. Colts need to be two games better than Tennessee the rest of the way. If they can get one right now, and then Indianapolis finishes up against the Raiders and Jaguars... And they just hope that the Titans have a tough go of it against the Dolphins. That could, be the, that could be what unlocks the Colts to get a home game in a division championship. It's not over yet. Titans win tonight, then they're feeling good. Titans win tonight, then they can hope for a Cardinals win over the Colts this weekend. and Then they're done. Then they just print the playoff tickets, get Derrick Henry back as healthy as possible, and then get A.J. Brown back as healthy as possible and have teams come through Nashville and say, okay, now you're going to have to deal with us. Eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial. It's Festivus Thursday, and people have been airing grievances. <laughs> uh, Eric in Louisville. problems with you people. Yeah. Yes. Now, you're going to hear about All it. All right, Eric in Louisville, Kentucky. You're on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Eric?
3: My grievance, Rich, is that there's no attention being paid to Mike McCarthy possibly becoming the first coach to win a Super Bowl with two different teams.
2: Who all right. That's entirely possible. I just think people don't think it's still probable just yet. They they do have a, a defense that's championship. We need to see a little bit more out of the offense over the next few weeks. Maybe they're just or just can't handle the truth. You know what I mean?
3: If he does that, where does he rank in NFL history?
2: Ah Well Ugh. it's gotta be the greatest
3: <laughs> it's gotta be the, greatest.
2: the greatest name gotta the trophy be. the mccarthy
3: i mean has anyone ever done it before like a salad no one like he's
2: the neil armstrong like right he's salad? planting a flag he's planting that festivus all right pole let in me give ground. you one too let me give you one too and thanks for the call <laughs> thanks for the call uh let me give you one too do you know Probably. who's the first coach ever to coach in a super bowl mm-hmm. and a college football playoff game do you know who that is
3: the first coach to yeah, ever well, coach in the Super Bowl. Uh, TJ,
1: just think about who's asking the question mm-hmm. and <laughs> how surprising. he's been feeling the last few weeks. It would have to be. One James Harbaugh. Yeah. I'll answer yeah. it for you. I was just about to. will
2: <laughs> <laughs> answer way. it for you. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Are
2: you going to name the glass egg or something after him? He's one of the. I mean, it's what a. That's the, not, who's going to do that? It's not winning two Super you Bowls with two different teams. By the do you know who's not doing that?
1: Urban Meyer.
3: <laughs> <True> <laughs> that. He will not be doing
1: that. Ever. Ever. Also, Harbaugh could become the first coach to lose both a Super Bowl and a playoff game. Okay, <laughs> Good
2: Fine. point Good point. Fine. Th- that-, that-, that game in which he lost, I'm sure we're forgetting that it was uh, a-, a red zone opportunity at the and... very end of the game, and there's a certain uh, a Mr. Crabtree who feels he had a tug on his cape or
1: two. <laughs> there's a lot of conversation. Or to back your guys' play, they could have g- just given it to future Hall of Famer, Famer Frank Gore. Also true.
2: But one thing, you know, as I say, you never say never, but never. However, <laughs> one thing Urban Meyer will not be doing is what Harbaugh is about to do. Never say never, but Thank never. You. Thank you, Coach Tom. <laughs> that was a great festivist grievance. No one's talking about McCarthy doing that. Because when he uh, does it. I then... don't want to
1: live in that world, man. What? <laughs> uh,
2: why? Man. Because you
1: want to know why? Because of me? No. That means he <laughs> has to go to the Hall of Fame. And the Hall of Fame immediately becomes discounted if Mike McCarthy is in it.
2: That's ridiculous. Sam in Iowa, you're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Sam?
1: Hey, how you doing, Rich?
2: What's going on? Here.
1: Uh,
0: well, let to talk about my Chiefs. I've been to uh, – I wonder if Brockman could look something up. I've been to six playoff games the last three years and, and got a chance to go to two, possibly three this year. Is that you know? When's the last time I had eight home playoff games in four years? And uh, so, to make that a lot easier, if we get the number one seed, is it possible that Tennessee and New England both have tough games this week? They could lose again.
3: It's possible. And
0: give us give us a chance for that number one seed. I know we're going to have a tough tough time with Pittsburgh with our problems, and like to have a little leeway. I know they got the uh, tiebreaker on us, so I'd like to see them both lose. They both got kind of winnable games for the last two, so. I just see them get beaten. Yep. And, uh, I would think that number one team, get two more home playoff games.
2: I would think you're going to pull up a chair and root for the Niners tonight. Um, oh and, yeah. And then you'll pull up a chair and root for the Bills in the early window on Sunday. And oh you, yeah. You will hope that COVID nineteen Omicron has stopped pulling up a chair in in Arrowhead. And oh, definitely, yeah. You know, and uh, and then yeah, and thanks to the call. And that's why the Chiefs are terrifically positioned coming into the final three weeks in the terms of the standings and the tie breaks. Don't go their way with Tennessee, but perfectly positioned, with the exception of there being an outbreak there. But at least it's been two straight days of no uh, results that are positive. So that is a positive.
1: Uh, by the way, eight home playoff games in four years. I believe that would be a record. The Patriots had nine from 07 to 2013. I would have to think
2: the Bills in their run to the Super Bowl.
1: Oh, good. Let me check Four years in
2: a row would have to be in that realm. Although, you know, real quick. for them, there were no, um, you know, seventh seeds or anything like that. But they had to have been home for most of them. I don't know how many road games they had. They were winning the AFC East. They were beating everyone like a drum with the K gun and everything.
1: Uh, in '92, they played two on the road. That there you year. go. So that, that, that'll be the end of that. That's why we have the
2: internet. Um, <laughs> let's Indeed. go to Nick in Portland. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, oh, Nicholas? Boy. Here we go. Let's it up. What's hey, up, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. So <laughs> I got a, I got a couple here, and and, and while I
4: was sitting here, I, I thought of one, and both of them are show related. Love a show, but Thank I got a couple. I got to get off my chest. Go for it. First off. I don't understand what the deal is with Mike Del Tufo, man. He is never at work. If I'm not at work as much as he's not at work, I don't think I'd have a job to go to. So I'm just trying to understand how lenient you are as a boss to allow this to happen. He's never there on a Friday, ever. Shout out to uh, my boy Jay Felly. But he is just, you know, it's... It's tough. And then when he is there, he's kind of never really there. So that's kind of part of my issue. Um, Second one is this show has taken over so much of my life that I go home and I take the inside jokes of the show to my own family. So I'm having a difficult time. My kid says, hey, Dad, can I have another something something and i turned to him and i said you want one more and he's like what <laughs> and he's looking at me like i'm crazy so you know it's yeah, starting, to, starting to bleed over i'm Damn, right, we'll maybe i just more. need more friends but you know you guys are my boys it's and fun. i love uh you know when you take my car i love just listening i catch you guys every day at you you know at at work i've just got you streaming on on peacock so you know just want to thank you just wanted to to get that off my chest and let you guys know i'm out there but del tufo's gotta get to work a little bit more so (laughs) now okay so appreciate
2: you nick nick Nick, don't don't hang up on nick yet nick you still there you there nick i'm still here okay so so as you know as obviously you're 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 a fan of the show which is fantastic to the point where you're you're giving Clooney Oceans Eleven's drops to your, your your family and they're probably very confused. So you know I will always take my chance to 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 take a shot at Del Tufo, right? <laughs> no. you, you know I will always do that, right? Like Steph curry, when, you don't miss when Mike isn't here, it's not like he's out on his boat and it's not like he's on a beach. He's actually working somewhere else else right okay well, allegedly now that's that true
4: it says that says that mike was supposed to work a show off at his living room somewhere doing a remote site right at the middle of the night your show's in the morning that's true too uh, to now, now that is tonight. my
2: grievance is that he's like i gotta set up, set up like he's laying down all sorts of wires and cable at the Rose Bowl, when all he's right. doing is going to a booth in Pico Boulevard to make sure that they're all checked in from the New England Revolution game. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. So, so, yes, yes, but Mike has uh, a, a relationship with Fox that is long and deep and yeah, precedes 20 plus even years. our yeah, 20 plus show. Years, yeah. So, I love and respect him. He says he's got to do it. He needs to do it. He wants to do it. He does it. Thankfully, Jay what? Felly is here to talk about uh, his way of going about business, to show Brockman all the photographs on his phone yeah. of what's going on in his life, and <laughs> you know, and that's, talking so why about his. Better, you know, that's so he, why
3: you're a better boss than I am.
4: No, he's added. He's,
2: he's would have no. Jay is value added. Okay, so ass tattoos. Yeah, ass, ass tattoos on yeah. his buddy River.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: and so yes, excellent call. Greatly appreciate it. Have a great holiday with you and your family, and I hope they're not too sick and tired of all of our inside jokes. Thanks for the call. Oh, no, you too. Merry Christmas to you. Merry and- Christmas. And- Merry Christmas. Christmas. All right, bro. There you go. Nick in Portland, who probably doesn't appreciate you trying to poach uh, Damian Lillard on a daily basis hey, either. Just,
1: it's,
3: it
2: is what it is. That might man. be another grievance for him. Layoff <laughs> of number zero, man. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, <laughs> let's go to Tom here in Los Angeles. What's up, Tom?
3: Hey, how you doing, Rich? What's Thanks going for on? having me. I'm a first-time uh, caller, and oh. actually, I'm a to say, a first-time listener. Okay, first-time um, listener. First-time listener. Oh, oh. I know. I'm sorry, man. i got to be honest. Oh, but good. I love your show. I, Thank I was you. sitting in our lovely traffic in the rain today on the 101, Hey. Um, <laughs> scrambling for Christmas gifts, and I said, like, hey, okay. I, I've seen you on television, though. But here are my grievances. Sir. Yes, sir. Um, number one, I will tell you that I am a diehard. Indianapolis Colts fan. I am from Indianapolis, so I'm not on the bandwagon of the hottest team now in the NFL, and I don't buy into that. Um, My big uh, grief with the Colts, and I know that I may be proved wrong, and I hope I am, but they had an opportunity, I believe, and I could be wrong, to draft Jalen Hurts and have him be under Philip Rivers' tutelage for a year. Um, I realize that Carson Wentz is a warrior. He gets injured a lot. He, uh, he, he. I call him Carson Wentz
4: oh. in all,
3: in all, in all fun. But he's a warrior, and I got to tell you, he, he's been doing great. He's he's uh, really yeah, improved. But I have this fear that at any second he's going to stub his toe, and I don't think that he still has it for the playoffs if we manage to get there. Now, imagine if you will.
2: Well, if we, you, had Jay, he, if we had Jalen Hurts. Yeah, let me just put with it this Donovan way too.
3: Taylor in the backfield, right? We have Darius, middle linebacker. I mean, how many guys have we got on the Pro Bowl this year? Okay, and look at our record.
2: Well, and okay. and, and I gotta I gotta jump in here since you are new here. We're up against the uh, the end of the hour. Welcome to the show. Please call back and tune in again. Um, but you're in good shape with Wentz, brother. I know he, he banged up. I mean, the guy played on both. He had two. Sprained ankles, you know, and he missed one game. Jonathan Taylor's the star of the team. He's, the, he's what makes the engine go, but I think um, Wentz is going to prove out. Prove out. Cam Akers has just been designated to return for the Los Angeles <laughs> Rams. That's what we call value-added as well. Wow. So that means this week? Like back this Sunday? Oh, my goodness. Just in time for somebody's fantasy playoff. Right. Pick him up. All right. Let me take a break and grab my phone and make a pickup.